grilling thing, we should do it more often. It's really easy. <laughs> and I think she knew what she was saying. It meant that she wasn't doing anything. She was in the kitchen. <laughs> I was out there in a hundred degree weather. <laughs> she set the table. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm going to tell a joke. I'm going I'm to go ahead and venture out there and I'm going to tell an advanced joke. It's advanced level. So it, not everybody's going to get it. That's okay. But I, I've got a, I've got a follow-up. I've got a follow-up with a joke that I think everybody will get. Okay. Two soldiers in a tank. One turns to the other and says, blub, blub. See, not everybody's going to get that one. Okay. Let me, let me, let me. <laughs> Some of you are just now getting, okay. Two fish in a tank. One looks at the other one and says, you know how to drive this thing? Okay. Those are advanced level jokes. Advanced level. Okay. <laughs> All right. I've got one for everybody else. All right. Do you know what a pirate's favorite letter is? You think it'd be R, but it'd be the C. Anyway. All right. I see everybody got that one. All right. I'm going to tell you this morning, if you have not heard God's voice in a while... It's time to stop everything. It's time to stop what you're doing and hear God's voice again. If we're not hearing God's voice, there's nothing that we can do of any eternal value unless He's leading us, unless the Holy Spirit within us is guiding us and taking us where we need to be. There is nowhere that you can take yourself that is equal to where He wants to take you. There is nowhere that you can take yourself that's a benefit to the kingdom. It's only through the voice of the Holy Spirit that you're able to be led into what He's prepared for you. You cannot live the life He's prepared for you if you can't hear His voice. And I know a lot of people say that. How do I hear His voice? How do I hear His voice? So many people struggle with hearing God's voice. And we've got to solve this before we go any further because if we can't hear God's voice, then we cannot do what He's called us to do. Um, Psalm 119.105, we all know this scripture where David said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And we all have heard the correlation where they actually, they would walk at night with a lamp strapped to their leg, uh, a, little, a little gas lamp strapped to their leg so that they could see where they were walking. And literally, it would only eliminate the, illuminate the next step. It wasn't like, you know, we're, we're spoiled with these, you know, 50,000 lumen, you know, flashlights that just blaze through the night. Um, they actually had to have something like that so they could see just the next step. And they actually had to be right up on whatever they were going to before they could get a little bit of illumination to see. So it was enough for the next step. So let me ask you this. What lights your path? The Word of God. Right. That word actually in the Hebrew is this word. It's pronounced daba. The word daba is actually translated utterance. It's the voice of God. When he says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my, light to my path, a lot of us say, yeah, the word of God, the Bible. Let me, let me make a little differentiation here. There are actually multiple words for the word. Um, and this word, daba, is utterance. It's something that comes out of the mouth of God that you hear with your ears, your spiritual ears. It's something that he's saying to you, that utterance. He says, without your utterance... I don't have any light for my path. Without what you're speaking to me, I don't have a lamp unto my feet for that next step. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what's coming. 
no utterance, your path will go unilluminated. The path that God has prepared for your life will go unilluminated and it will be a mystery to you unless God brings some light to it. There are things that God wants to do into your life that he's wanting to share with you. You know, the, uh, we, we put a lot of um, uh, inference on, you know, when God speaks. God's just not speaking to me. Can I just venture out there to say that God always has something? God is always speaking something. You know, the Bible says that the, word, the, the universe, the worlds are held together by uh, the word of his great power. He's always speaking. If he stopped speaking, this, this universe would not hold in synchronization. Everything that is would fly apart. He is always speaking. Now, we're not always in a place where we can hear what he's saying. But he's always speaking. John 1.1 1, 1 says this. We know, we know this too. In the beginning was the Word. And we were, it was talking about Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. Jesus was in the beginning. Let's skip down to verse 10 and it starts like this. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own. Everybody say his own. But his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. Did you notice it said that the word came to his own, and his own did not receive him? Can I venture out there and say that it's possible to have been his and not receive what he's doing right now? Can I venture out there and say that you may have heard God's voice and you may have felt that sonship, that daughtership, you may have felt that connection, but he came to his own in your life, in my life, and his own did not receive him? The Bible calls him the Word. When the Word comes, do we receive what the Word is saying? Do we receive what He's saying to us? And everybody with a, you know, overwhelmingly would say, Yes, I want to hear God's voice. Do you? Do you really? You know, we say that until the rubber meets the road. Let me, let me go a little farther. What does He want to do in an unbeliever's life? Does anybody know? If someone is unsaved, what is God's number one thing that He wants to do in their life? He wants them to be saved. He wishes that all would come, uh, come to repentance. He wants everyone to be saved. But let me ask you this. Is there something that he wants to do the moment after that? Is there something that he wants to do the week after? Is there something he wants to do years after that moment in their life? Or does our usefulness to God end when we're saved? Or is that when it starts? I would venture to say that's when it starts. Every believer has to believe with their heart. And I may make some people mad right now. I'm sorry. I'm just going to go ahead and say what I'm going to say. And, you know, we all, we, all take, we all pull different things from when we read the Word and stuff. And so I'm just going to say some things. And um, it, if you're offended, just know this is, this is just what I get from it. And we can talk later. And I'm not going to try to convince you. Don't try to convince me. We're brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters disagree all the time. So. But we love each other. 
I'm going to say that every believer has to believe with their heart and confess with their mouth the lordship of Jesus. That's in the Bible. But I'm going to say from the moment of salvation forward. A believer believes with their heart and confesses with their mouth the lordship. Everybody say lordship. The lordship of Jesus. From the moment of salvation forward. See, the question is always, everyone's always asking the question, well, can you lose your salvation? I ain't going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. Can you lose your salvation? Let me ask you a different question, though. Can he stop being your Lord? Can you stop hearing what he has to say in your life? Can you, stay, can you turn away? Can you, he stop being your Lord? Because Lordship has nothing to do with him in your life. That is an act of your will to make Him Lord of your life. That's what got you saved. That's what got you saved. The Lordship of Jesus in your life cannot end. Um, and how can He be your Lord if you don't know what He's saying? Um, the other day, about two weeks ago, I got a, an email. Some of you may know this, 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 uh, this, the name of this company, uh, Alberici Constructors in St. Louis, Missouri. I got an email, a very official email from Alberici Constructors uh, saying, please provide us with an estimate for such and such equipment. It was a digital, uh, two digital consoles, some wireless microphones. And uh, it's not uncommon. Uh, a contractor will be building something like a college or something like that, and they'll just try to get some bids in for lowest price. So I went ahead and gave them what I thought would be the lowest price just because it's just a drop ship, right? I just call the distributor and I say, send some stuff. And I, I get money. It's an awesome arrangement. Um, so anyway, and so I provided them with the estimate. And uh, they sent back the next day, they sent a purchase order, very official purchase order. And a company like that, you know, they don't, they're not going to do 50% down. They're not going to do anything like that. They give a purchase order and then they pay whenever they feel like it. That's the way it works. So um, I got the purchase order. I called the distributor. I said, ship it out. And um, so a little while later, um, Leah actually said, did you get a, the down payment from them? I'm no, baby, that's not the way it works. That's not the way you handle these big companies. No. I mean, they're, they're in charge. You just kind of, you know, we're going to make some money. Don't worry about it. Um, and uh, so anyway, I sent them the tracking information. They immediately sent another purchase order for 10 times that. Uh, and so we're talking about, about an $80,000, $90,000 order, equipment order, just equipment. And I'm just like, that's awesome. But I don't know where they would use that equipment. And they were drop shipping to Garland, Texas. And so, so I called, I, I looked on Google Maps. It's so wonderful. I could find actually what's at that address that it's shipping to. And it was a logistics company where they actually have a warehouse. They bring stuff in and they ship it right back out. That wasn't good. So I called the shipping company and they said, uh, yeah, yeah, that went out yesterday. That went out uh, FedEx International yesterday. I'm like, no. And uh, so... Um, I called the guy, his cell phone number. He, he, he wasn't extremely intelligent because he put his cell phone number on the purchase order. So I called him, and I could tell... I, the, the guy, by the way, at first I called Albrecy Constructors. Uh, I talked to... His name was Mike Burke. in St. Louis, Missouri. He says, Hello, this is Mike Burke. You know, Missouri, he's from Missouri. So I called the other guy, and by the, I could tell by the accent, this was not Mike Burke. And he said, this is Mike Burke. And I said, no, no, it's not. He said, how do you know? And hung up. And uh, <laughs> I was like, this is not good. This is not good. And uh, so anyway, 
It was one of those told you so moments where I wasn't listening to the voice of my wife. My wife is always the voice of reason. I can be reasoned with if you put enough dollars on the table, you know. I was like, okay, we'll skip the down payment, you know, let's just get some money in. Um, So I didn't listen. I only heard the money. Let me ask you, what is so loud in your life that it drowns out the voice of the Holy Spirit? What is shouting at you that, it, that is so enticing, that is so uh, intoxicating, that is so overwhelming that you can no longer hear it, that you choose to listen to it instead of the Holy Spirit? Because in the end, let me, let me tell you a secret in life, and this isn't going to sound right at first, but it is. You're always going to do what you want to do. You cannot do what you don't want to do for any, period of, for any long period of time. If you don't want to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit... You're not going to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. You're only going to do, you've got to cultivate a desire for what God has for your life. So what's so loud that it drowns out the voice of the Holy Spirit? Um, What I've been discovering lately and what God's been speaking to me, what God said to me was, you need silence or soft worship music, the latest, trendiest, soft worship music in the background before you can hear my voice. And then he reminded me of the apostles that stood before their accusers and just like Jesus said, they gave no thought for what they would say because the Holy Spirit in them gave them the words to say. In the middle of the turmoil, the shouting, the accusations, all of the confusion, they heard the voice of the Holy Spirit so loud that they were able to speak verbatim what the Holy Spirit was saying to them. And I said, God, I want to get to that place in my life. I want to get to a place in my life where I don't have to quiet everything out here to hear your voice. Because I've got quiet in here where I can hear your voice. We try to control the atmosphere on the outside to hear God's voice because we haven't learned to control the atmosphere on the inside to hear God's voice. And that's got to change. Can I I tell you what the loudest voice in your life typically is? I think you probably already... Some of you already know this. I I know it for me. It may be true for you. The loudest voice in my life besides the Holy Spirit is me. My voice sometimes, a lot of times, is louder than the Holy Spirit's voice in my life. And that's confusing because what I've discovered is when God speaks to me, it sounds a lot like me. Do you all know that? When God speaks to me, He speaks to me through, uh, through my mind, through my will. My, he speaks through my soul to me. And so it sounds like it's coming from me. So I'm like, God, how do I know it's you? How do I know if this, is, if this is something I want or if this is something that you want? And here's what, what I feel like God was uh, sharing with me is um, there will never be a thundering voice from heaven. It's not going to happen. Uh, you, you, the God's voice in your life is going to sound like you. But what God spoke to me was this. He said the difference between my voice and your voice is what I say. Not so much what it sounds like. It's the content. And here's the problem in my life is I don't have enough of the word in me to be able to differentiate between the two. I don't have enough. He hasn't spoken to me so much either through reading his word or through just spending time with him. I don't know his voice. He said, my, my sheep know my voice. Stranger, they will not follow. I'm the stranger a lot of times that I follow. He said, a stranger, will, they will not follow. Sometimes we just don't know his voice enough to know that when he's saying something, that it's him. And i got to tell you, the, se- the second loudest voice in a lot of our life is, of course, the deceiver. Amen. And the deceiver sounds like you, too. Yeah. 
So the deceiver, a lot of times when you say, God, I want to hear your voice, I want to hear your voice, I want to hear your voice. God wants to speak to you, but the devil would love to speak to you. The devil would love, and I know a lot of people that have done something that God would not have told them to do, but they claim he did. And y'all know how that ends. Okay, so um, if you're waiting for the thunder voice, it's not going to happen. All right. The difference is what is said. Let me, uh, let me real quick, um, I've added some things here on the back, some scriptures. He will never contradict what he's already spoken. Can I tell you that? You know, we believe in prophecy here. We believe very strongly that God is speaking today. And we believe very strongly that the, the gift of the prophetic is alive and well today and no gifts have died and we're still, we're, we're in the heyday of the Holy Spirit right now. And so that everything that He has set in motion, it's, it's going on right now today. But can I tell you that if we are not reading the Word, if we are not grounded in Scripture, that we can be easily deceived. And I have, I have, I have received, I've received prophecies while I was uh, married that my wife was going to... My wife has received prophecies while we were married that she was going to find her husband on the mission field. And I'm like, I'm standing right here. I ain't on no mission field. <laughs> so people miss it. And, you know, and a lot of times, you know, but we believe in all of that. But guys, the more that that uh, is exercised in the church, the more deeply grounded we have to be in the truth of the scripture and everything so that we're not deceived because the devil would love to get us off track. He does all the time. He gets churches off track all the time. Not just individuals, entire churches. So anyway, he'll never contradict what he's already spoken. Second Peter 3, 9 says this. Number one, he is for everyone. And if you think God told you something that's good for you, at the expense of someone else. It may not be God. That may be you. Um, well, I had a... Uh, there was a... Um, in our line of work, there was a, a church. At that time, it was one of the biggest jobs we had done. And we were called in, and they had into the... It was the contractor's house. And they had the blueprints there on the dining room table. And it was just a few guys and some of the deacons of the church and everything and the pastor. And we were over the blueprints. And I just said, okay, this is what we're going to do. You know, we laid out the, the audio, the video, and the lighting systems. And we said, this is... Uh, anyway, we presented with the proposal. We were there from that moment forward. So they start new construction. They get all the way to the end of the construction... And I keep telling them, I, I probably need to get in. We need to get a deposit so we can get in and run some cable. We're going to have to get some cable in before you get the sheetrock up. So um, so uh, I, I'm on the phone trying to get a hold of somebody and everything. Finally, I get a, a text message said, uh, thank you, but we went with someone else. <laughs> and it hurt my feelings. It hurt, it hurt financially a little bit, but it really hurt my feelings and my pride. And uh, I had some choice words for people. And, uh, you know, I'm, let's just tell you. And um, anyway, and so my thought from that moment for about a year was, God's going to pay them back. God will pay them back. That's all right. God is going to bless me and they'll see it. They'll see God will bless me. God will bless me. I don't need that. I don't, need, I don't even need them. You know, you know how you get. You know, don't, y'all are acting so self-righteous right now. Y'all looking at me like, you heathen. <laughs> I'm just being honest with y'all. Come on, y'all open up with me too. Come on. Come on, let's open up. All right. I'll show you my sin. So, come on. The, um, all right, so uh, for about a year that went on. And then one day I got really convicted because this is a church. It's a church we're talking about. 
I got really convicted about it to where I began to pray, God bless them too. God bless them too, you know? Because honestly, you know what? They were in the church. There was a few decision makers, and one of them was just, you know, not a nice person. I won't say he's just nice, not a nice person. So, um, but anyway, and so um, I began to see that God is not going to bless me. Somebody, somebody else can see it and be jealous and get mad, and and He's not going to push them down. So my self righteous pride can be exalted, and so I can feel better about myself and say, Yeah, see there, you know, God isn't like that. That's what kids do. My kids do that. My kids are like, so-and-so did this, so-and-so did this, you know, and they want to get each other in trouble and stuff. That's so childish. God didn't like that. Number two, sorry. James 1.7 says, uh, oh, can we bring that up? I'm sorry. I didn't even read Second Peter 3.9. But uh, James 1.7. It says, every good, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of Lights. Y'all know this scripture? No. Uh, that's maybe the next one. Yeah, y'all know that scripture's in there though, right? Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of Lights. And it talks about there's no shadow in Him. He's, he can't change. Okay, so uh, He gives... And Google lied to me. Uh, he, gives, it's, he gives good and perfect things. Everybody say good. good. Everybody say perfect. perfect. He gives good and perfect things. Um, real quick, another story. Uh, we were at the church. Y'all know crazy stuff happens in church, right? Sometimes, sometimes it's the most entertaining place to be. There is nowhere. There's no show you can watch. It's more entertaining. Um, we were in Camden. There was a uh, there was a home uh, in Sparkman, Arkansas, at that time, and uh, it was it was. Uh, it was basically a lot, there was a, a lot of people that would end up in this home uh, that were really strung out on drugs and things like that. And so, but they would bring a bus to the church every Sunday morning in the Camden church. And I was like 14. And so I thought this was the, the funniest thing. You know, at 14, everything's funny. And uh, so um, they, uh, this whole event, I mean, not the, not the fact of who was on the bus, but uh, so they, they bring everybody in. And uh, this particular Sunday morning, there's this one gentleman that you just didn't talk to. Y'all know these people. It, it, you just didn't talk to him because there's no telling what he's going to say. It's not going to be good. Um, like this morning, I was coming up Adam Street, and there was a guy that, it was 7.30 in the morning. And so he got started really late. But he didn't have a shirt on. He was running down the street. And uh, <laughs> he was running down the street with no shirt on. And there was a dead armadillo that somebody had run over. And uh, I'm not making this up. And, uh, and he just started laughing, just bowed over laughing at this armadillo, <laughs> this dead armadillo. And then he walks away and he grabs a light pole, you know, and he's like hugging a light pole. And, uh, and he's just laughing. And what's so funny is there's this other guy in front of him that carry, that's carrying a lot of stuff because Sunday morning, a lot of, there's a lot of mass exodus out of, exodus, uh, out of, off of uh, Adam Street in Camden. And uh, there's this guy in front of this old man in front of him that's carrying two garbage bags, and he's looking over his shoulder the whole time. You know, he's like pep walking in front of him, and this guy's catching up with him, you know. And so I actually turned around and went back to see if he was going to be okay. Is this, you know, <laughs> I couldn't find him. I, I guess he hid in the bushes. I don't know. But anyway, uh, what were we talking about? Okay, so this guy... <laughs> I just thought it was the most bizarre thing to see on your way to church. Um, 
So anyway, the, uh, uh, this guy, he walks up to the stage and the worship leader had just finished the last worship song. So it was almost like a perfect transition. Uh, and some of you that were there remember this. And uh, you'll never get it out of your brain. Uh, so he, he was finishing the last song and this guy comes walking up to the, to the platform. And as he's walking up, he starts reaching out his hand for the microphone. And everybody on the front row was like, no, like slow motion, no. And the worship leader's like, oh, you know, and hands it off. And uh, he gets the mic, and he says a lot of things that I would, will not repeat, but what, the last thing he said was, God told me if I didn't get up here and say this, that he was going to kill me. And it was just like, everybody, and about that time, Brother Jerry finally got to the platform, dove for the microphone. And uh, all that to say this, that God gives good and perfect things. He's not out to kill you. He's out to give you life. So he's out, so let that be a guideline in your life. Okay, Matthew six twenty six. number three is this. Matthew 6, uh, 26, I'm sorry, Matthew six twenty six. In Matthew six twenty six, we learn that he takes care of you, that he will look after you, that that is one of the guidelines of his voice, is his voice is always saying, it's always reassuring. If you, if you wake up from a dream and you feel like fear, you feel like, oh man, there's nothing to be done. Look at the version. Yeah, that's the right one. And, if you, and you feel like, you know, there's nothing to be done, that wasn't a dream from God. God is going to let you know that I've got you, I'm taking care of you. See, God is not, he, he is not the author of fear. He's not the author of confusion. He wants you to know that you're safe. He's got you. He's taking care of you. Though a thousand may fall at your, at your side, you know, 10,000 at your right hand, it will not come near you. Um, Numbers 23, 19 says this. Can we, do we have that? Sorry. I, I didn't give you any of these. It's my fault. Sorry. In fact, I just, I just doodled them on the back here just for service. So. All right. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Has he spoken? Will he not make it good? That's if he said something to you. He's not going to come back and say, okay, all right. I changed my mind. All right. That's obviously, uh, I, I thought this through and actually I thought of a better idea. You know, that's not, that's not going to be God. Stick with what he's told you. Hold on to it. Don't change it. Don't make it fit, whatever. Hold on to it. If he said it, it's going to happen. You can, you can write it in stone. Okay. So God develops a track record with you. He doesn't need references. He will prove himself to you over and over. Okay. The Holy Spirit wants what God wants. And that's not always what we want. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell us things that just like, oh, oh that really, it's not really what I wanted or the idea that I had. It happens all the time. And it's not to say that what you want is better. It's just we want what we want. But sometimes the Holy Spirit will say things to us that is different from what we would want. And if you're choosing to do things that make you uncomfortable, you may be spirit-led. I know I'm, I'm telling a lot of stories, but I want to tell you another story. Um, the other day I was in the revenue office. Everybody else calls it the DMV. Here in Arkansas, we've got to be different. We call it the, the Arkansas Department of Revenue. 
to the DMV. It'd be so easy. I can never remember what it's called. You know, the DMV. Like, we don't have a DMV. The Depart- uh, Arkansas Department of... Anyway, um, so I'm there in the Arkansas Department of Revenue, of course, waiting. Is Miss Tamika here? Miss Tamika, uh, she, she works. She's, that's where she works. And, uh, and Oh, really? Oh, wow. I didn't think anybody could take it for, that, for very long. Um, <laughs> no, I know when I go in there, I never have what I need. How many of you, you go in the revenue office, you never have everything you need. You got to go back over to the courthouse. Come back. Go back. Go back. Okay. Anyway. So I'm in the revenue office. I'm sitting there, and there's an older man that comes in. And when I say older, not old enough. Uh, not old enough for, for the problems he was having. He came in and he sat down uh, one chair over and he had made the trek from his car to there. He had an oxygen bottle and he was struggling. And how many of you, uh, when you, you know somebody, you have somebody close to you and they're, that when they struggle to breathe, it's almost like you're struggling with them. It's just, y'all know what I'm talking about? It's just like there's something about breath. There's something about... And so he came in and he was struggling to breathe. And you know, and that, it's got that regulator on it, this, you know, you're doing that, making that sound, you know, and it's just like, oh God. And there was something happened on the inside of me where I was just breaking on the inside. And it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't the sound of it. It wasn't any of that. It was the fact, just the fact that he was struggling. Something happened on the inside of me that I can only describe as the Holy Spirit that it was, it was this grieving, this grieving because of the suffering that was going on. And the Holy Spirit told me, you got to pray for him. And it was a lot of people in there. And I told the Holy Spirit, okay, okay. He's on his phone. If he puts his phone down. If he puts his phone down, I'll pray for him. So he got done. He put his phone down. So I made that shift over the chairs toward, in his direction, and he got up and went to the bathroom. And it was just really awkward, you know. I've got all my papers. And, um, and so he goes to the bathroom. And so when he comes back, I'm like sitting in the chair next to where he was. And so he's a little freaked out. And he's just like... <laughs> And uh, so he sits down, and I'm just like, hi, I'm Jerry. And what I used to say is, um, I'm a youth pastor. I would introduce myself as some kind of ministry title. God told me, don't do that. Because he doesn't need to know that there's anything special about anybody. He needs to know that I'm special, and that you're not, and you're just just this guy. I'm just this guy, and the Holy Spirit, you know, is going to do this. And um, so I sit, I, I, I said, hey, I'm Jerry. And he said, hey, um, and I remember his name. I don't want to say his name, but I, re- I, I never remember names. I remember his name. And he's, he's, he introduced himself. And then the most awkward question is like, what's the oxygen for? <laughs> and, uh, and he looks at me for about two or three seconds. <laughs> You know, just awkward. There is no... Everything the Holy Spirit asks you to do is so stinking awkward in real, in real life. You know, in your mind, you play it out really like a soap opera, you know, like very dramatic and everything. And it's just so awkward out here, you know. And, uh, and, I, and so I just, I just jumped in there. I was like, it's COPD? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's it. And I was oh, thank you. And, um, and he said, um, I have one lung already been removed. I'm on one lung, and he said, I'm on hospice now. And he said, uh, he said, I'm just waiting it out. And he started tearing up. And this is a guy, big gray beard, you know, biker kind of a guy, overalls. And, uh, and I said, you know, when everybody gives up on you, 
That's when God can do a miracle, you know. And he said, I believe in God. I said, good. I said, he can heal you. And I prayed with him, and, and he cried a little bit, and I cried a little bit, and everybody in the room got really, really uncomfortable. And, um, and man, and I left there, and I kept praying. I kept praying. I said, God, please heal Joey. Please heal him. You know, I just pray for Joey right now. I just pray. And it just stayed with me, just this heaviness. This heaviness was on me for this man and for what he was suffering. And can I tell you something? I would have much rather gone in there and got my business done and gotten out of there and gone about with... You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? It's inconvenient. It's not always what you choose. It's not always what's on your agenda. Most of the time, it's not on your agenda. And sometimes God tests to see if, you're gonna, if you'll be willing to let you, put your agenda down for a little bit and do what He's calling you to do. Um, so if you're choosing to do things that make you uncomfortable, you may be spirit-led. Um, Leah's always trying to get me to stretch. I'm always stiff. I can't touch my toes. I can't do anything. And I'm short and I'm round. And so I can't do anything. She's like, you just need to stretch. So she does these stretches, you know, and everything. And, and she's like, she said, she told me what it does is it, it uh, releases things out of your joints, you know, and you get life back in your joints when you do that, you know. And um, so obviously what, so what God spoke to me was stretching brings new life to stiff joints and stiff Christians. So if you're being stretched, it's good for you. Whatever the Holy Spirit is saying to you to do, it's going to be stretching. But it's good. Stretching is good. Okay. Most Christians don't hear God's voice because they just basically don't want to. Uh, because listen, the moment that I hear God's voice, the moment I hear God's voice, I've got a choice to make. You want to know why a lot of people don't believe in God? They actually do. They'll tell you they don't believe in God and they're going to say it over and over because they do not want to hear His voice. People that don't believe in God are afraid that He does exist because if He does exist, there's a choice to make. When you do hear God's voice, then there's going to have to be an end to your reign and the beginning of His. If I hear His voice, then I'm responsible for what He has to say. Um, real quick, I don't want to get a lot into the theology of this, but there's two different, uh, two different theologies within the church and whole denominations have formed around it. Um, but uh, there are people that believe that God is speaking. I'm one of those people, that God is always speaking. There's other people that believe in the sealed canon. I kind of believe in both, but uh, they believe in what's called the sealed canon. And basically, when, uh, when the last period in Revelations was done, the book was closed and God stopped speaking. And there's nothing else to say. And everything you need to know is in the, is in the Word. And um, so there's two different camps on that. And, uh, and when, the, when the New Testament, there's two words. When the New Testament is talking about uh, the word, W-R-R-D, there's two Greek words. One is rhema. Everybody say rhema, just so I know you're awake, because it's about to get really l- lulled for some of you. Um, uh, rhema, and the other word is logos. Everybody say logos. logos. Okay, a lot of you already know this, but logos is defined as the entire communication process. Uh, logos is the thought, the articulation, the expression, whether it's spoken or written, the reading of it. That's logos. It encapsulates everything. Actually, when it was talking about in John 1, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, that's actually Logos. We're like, no, it's got to be Rhema. No, it's Logos. It's the entire expression of God wrapped up in Jesus. It's the thought, the articulation, the expression of, of, uh, of the Word. Okay, 
Jesus is God's complete communication to us. Rhema is used to describe logos. Listen to this. Ready? As it leaves the lips with breath behind it. Man. Okay. Um, Rhema is logos in the moment that it's voiced. That's the reason speaking God's word is so important. That's the reason that, that, that God, when we read something in the Bible and we speak it out, there's this life that comes to voicing what God has voiced. So it's, that's what Rhema is. It's, it's as it leaves the lips with the breath behind it. It is the breath and the tone behind the communication of God. How many of you know there's a difference in saying something, like via text or something, and then, and then saying something to your face because you can hear the tone of my voice? Right? How many of you ever thought somebody was mad at you and you fired something back and they're just like, what are you, you know, I'm not mad. Because you can't hear the, whatever mood you're in, that's what tone you hear their voice in. So, Rhema is actually the tone and the breath behind the communication of God. All right, I'm going to share this with you real quick. Revelation 10 and 8 says this. Then the voice that I had heard from heaven spoke to me again. This is John. Y'all know this scripture, right? The voice that I had heard from heaven spoke to me again saying, Go take the small scroll that lies open in the hand of the angel standing on the sea and on the land. And I went to the angel and said, Give me the small scroll. Take it and eat it, he said. Pay attention to this now. It will make your stomach bitter. But in your mouth, it will be sweet as honey. So I took the small scroll from the angel's hand and ate it, and it was sweet as honey in my mouth. But when I had eaten it, my stomach turned bitter. Can I tell you what I noticed in this that I'd never seen before? There's two different directions that the scroll goes in. The angel said, said, it's going to make your stomach bitter but in your mouth it will be sweet as honey but when he ate it it said that it was sweet as honey in his mouth but then when he had eaten it in his stomach he turned bitter so angel said your stomach to your mouth is going to end sweet John ate it his mouth to his stomach it ends bitter do y'all see that? I thought that was cool uh, so how many times let me, let me make this make sense for you or what God spoke to me out of this how many times have we asked for a word for our stomach and not our mouth how many times have we asked God, I'm, I'm serious, how many times have I asked God for something for my own belly instead of to, something to come out my mouth? How many times have I asked for a word for my future? God, what about my future? What are you going to do for me? Tell me how you're going to bless me. God, tell me how you're going to bless me. How many times have we asked for that instead of God, give me something to say? Give me something that's going to impact the world around me. Put something in me. Put a word in me that's going to transform my whole generation. Give me something for others. I want to tell you, God wants to put something that's going to get down in your belly and it's going to be so heavy and so bitter. How many of you have ever had the Holy Spirit speak to you about something until you did something about it? It almost made you sick. It almost made you nauseous because it was so heavy on you. And the Holy Spirit puts this word in you and you're just like, I got to do something with this. And it's just so heavy. Yeah, can I tell you, um, uh, uh, well, Jeremiah. Jeremiah said, he said, it's like fire shut up in my bones. Let me read it to you. Jeremiah twenty nineteen says, but if I say I will not mention his word 
or speak any more in his name. His word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. So when we act on, so sometimes we feel the unction of the Holy Spirit and it literally feels um, he's described like fire shut up in my bones. To me, it, 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 I relate more to John. It's like bitter in my stomach. You know, it's just like, oh, you know, just a heaviness. But when you acted on it, and a lot of times this is conviction. You all know what I'm talking about? The Holy Spirit says you've got to deal with this. You're like, oh. You know, but when you did it, when you acted on it, when you slid over that next seat and you said, God wants to heal you, all of a sudden it became the best thing in your life. Sweet as honey. It was like, wow, God, that was awesome. So that's the direction. See, the, whole, the angel had it right. He's like, it's going to be bitter in your stomach, but it's going to be sweet as honey in your mouth. Um, so a lot of times, all we need to do is to uh, speak out what he's given us. Because you know what? God never wastes his breath. God is not in to just talking to himself. God is talking to you for a reason. He doesn't waste his breath. The Bible says in, in, in six days, he spoke six sentences. And everything that you, ever, you see anywhere around you and the things you cannot see were created. His words, every little word has great power. He can, he does, he's not into wasting his breath. If he's speaking to you, and he is, then it's to speak out of you. Everybody say, I'm not a reservoir. I'm a river. Sometimes, you can say that too if you want to, Miss Fashion. Sometimes that's what speaking in tongues is. Did you know that? Sometimes, and it's not always, there's different, different things about speaking in tongues, but, but sometimes for me, speaking in tongues is like a pressure release valve. When there's so much pressure going on that it's got to come out. It's got to come out and, and it comes out in tongues. Um, when the pressure gets to a certain point, that valve opens up. Y'all know, y'all ever seen a valve blow? Um, I know, Roy, you've seen this. And uh, that pressure release valve, it's designed when the pressure gets to a certain point so you don't blow up. That pressure release valve throws. For some of us, though, when that pressure is turned up, we don't want any of our Christian family around to see what comes out when that valve blows. But if you've got the Spirit in you, if you've got the Holy Spirit speaking to you all the time, man, that's so wonderful. The pressure gets turned up. He comes out. And, the, and sometimes that just comes out for me, because I'm a tongue talker, so that comes out in tongues. Um, all right. Most of us have never seen the outer working of God in our life because we've silenced the inner voice of the Holy Spirit. Can I just say this is a little harsh? When I read it, it's just going to... Okay. If you're not going to listen, probably we shouldn't speak. The Bible says to be slow to speak, quick to listen. And he's not... I mean, sure, that works in communication, but that's with him, too. Be quick to hear what he's saying. And don't be quick to speak unless you've been listening. We're going to wrap this up this morning. If you have ignored his voice for some period of time, the, Bible is a, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, and, and he will say, look, you know, I've given you free will. I've given you the choice. I'm going to back off. 
until you're ready. But can I tell you that he, He'll never give up on you? If you've ignored His voice right now, you can make a decision. Say, God, I want to hear His voice. I want to hear Your voice again. God, I want to hear like You used to speak to me. When I first, the Bible calls it your first love, when I first came to You and I heard Your voice, I want that again. I've tuned You out. So much noise in my life. So many things in my life that I've chosen to listen to and I pushed you aside. I pushed your voice down. I want that again. I want the life that comes from your voice. If you've ignored his voice for any period of time this morning, he is gracious. If you've never heard his voice this morning, he is speaking to you. He wants you to hear what he has to say. This morning, we're going to listen. Before we can go anywhere as a church, we've got to go there as individuals. And I'm telling you guys, we're not going to go anywhere unless we can hear His voice. We don't know what the next step is. We can't see where He's leading us unless He's speaking to us. We've got to hear His voice. Charles Spurgeon said, you say, well, how do I hear God's voice? Charles Spurgeon, y'all know uh, Charles Spurgeon. He was asked one time how he defends the Word of God. And uh, always quick with an answer. Don't you love people that just have an answer immediately and not five minutes later? I can think of what to say five minutes later. Charles Spurgeon was just able to fire right back. And so they asked him, how do you defend the Word of God? And this is what he said. He said, I would no more try to defend a lion. (laughs) He said, you don't defend a lion. You just let him out. So let me tell you something about the Word of God. There is no secret to it. The Word of God is charging forward and wants to... He wants to speak to you. He wants to be like a lion in your life. He wants to roar. He wants to have the volume and the tone of a roar in your life. He wants to be louder than every voice in your life. You hold the key. You're the one that... You've got your hands on the volume knobs. You've got your hand on the volume knob of your voice, the enemy's voice, everybody else's voice. All we have to do is turn the volume knobs, turn his volume up. He's roaring in your life. You're not saying, God, speak to me. God, speak to me. He's saying, God, you're saying, God, I want to hear you. God, I want to hear you. I want to hear you.